Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here, ladies and gentlemen. It is the three-year anniversary of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening. If you have, and whether you've listened once, whether you've listened a thousand times, I really appreciate all the support. Uh, please continue to support the show the best you can. Obviously, like, subscribe, uh, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, we're there. Um, and we probably have some big news coming through the pipe here in the next few weeks. So we really appreciate all the support. I'd like to thank Mike and Kyle for being on this journey with me personally. I uh, couldn't ask for better co-hosts, um, even though Kyle's a part-timer. It's fine. Um, you know, we've been doing this now quite literally for three years straight. Haven't missed a week since then. Uh, you know, a lot of life has, has gone on through that time, but we, we have made, remained um, and we remain, remain consistent, you know, despite vacations and other and other and other stuff. So we really work hard to give you guys the best uh, product possible. And we really appreciate all the support. So please continue to support us. Hopefully we'll be on the air for the next three years plus. So we really appreciate it. Um to say that we have a loaded, jam-packed show for you guys today, I know I say that every single week, but that could not be more uh, understated this week. We've got so much on the barn burner. So to kick it off before I, you know, w- before we get too deep into this, we first want to say congratulations to, make ten, to Michigan. They're the Big Ten champs. However, we are not going to start with college football today. As we are currently recording, you guys are going to hear this Monday, 7 a.m. You're already going to know the final four standings. But Mike and I currently are recording while we wait for the official college football rankings. So we're not going to start with college football today. Simply because of that, we kind of want to get a full image of the landscape um, before the games, before we kind of break down not only the final four, but also the championship games as well. And we kind of predict, you know, how we think this college football playoff is going to finally roll now that we will have the four teams. So we will get you guys updated on that. As soon as we have the information, we, we figured the best way to do this would be to get a live reaction from both Mike and myself. We've talked about this at nauseum at this point, uh, but now we're here and we're at the official ranking. So Mike is going to give me the all hand signal whenever we get um, word of what the actual four teams are going to be and the rankings and the matchups. So when we get to that, when we get word of that, we will shift focus immediately and go to that. While we're waiting for that, though, we've got a ton of other stuff going on this week. We're talking Red Wings. We're talking Tigers. We're talking USFL. We're talking Survivor Series. I know we're a week late. We're talking some AEW. We have so much stuff to cover this week. I am so happy that we have such a loaded episode for our three-year anniversary. I figured it's no better way to get a new year of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast kicked off than with a jam-packed show. So, Mike, let's jump right in. We have kind of steered away from talking wings so far this season for the most part, right? I thought expectations were to be kind of low in in some capacity. Um, This team is super young, right? It's just, you know, it just kind of is what it is. Um, But they are playing not only above their their merit, I think. They're actually thriving, and it's because of some of the dominant play that we are kind of seeing – you know, from these young kids, from the most siders of the world, from the Lucas Raymonds of the world. Um, you know, Dylan Larkin looks like Dylan Larkin again. They're winners as of this recording, I think five in a row, and I think six out of their last seven. Mm-hmm. Um, they're killing it at home right now. They're penalty killed the last 15 games. Has it been over, I think, like 90% or something like that? Nadel- Nadelchevich, the, the goalie, has been phenomenal. 
Um, just some other names, right? Uh, Nemestikov, Rasmussen, uh, Giovanni Smith played really well. Valena was back. Zadina kind of finding his way. Um, you know, obviously you've still got, you know, you got Mo Sider. You've got Mark Stahl who's coming in, being the veteran for this team. Talk to me, Mike. The eyes are playing. I made a fa- I made a comment on Facebook. The eyes are playing is in full effect here mm-hmm. right now. They're playing some of their best hockey. They are a fun team to watch. Um, I'm extremely excited, and I think this team is finally kind of sorting itself into Eiserman's image a little bit. And you're kind of starting to see some of the benefits of that. Yeah. No. As a as a like as a overall Detroit fan, but as like yeah. a Pistons fan, mm-hmm. this is really what I hope like the Pistons are. Yeah. In like a year or two, yeah. is exactly and, where this Red Wings team is. Mm-hmm. Is you have all this young talent like the Larkins of the world, and yep. and the two rookies that are mm-hmm. have won back to back rookie of the rookie months, of the months yep. who are in high contention of being rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Either one of them. They're both com- individually are leading the NHL in points for rookies right now. Individually. individually. And Lucas Raymond is currently in the lead as a whole. Now, yeah, exactly. Sider is a defenseman, so that would so, make a little bit more sense. But either way, they're both playing phenomenal yeah, hockey. exactly. But like having all these rookies being able to step up and play pivotal roles mm-hmm. on a team that if the playoffs started today, They'd be would in. be the seven seed, I believe yeah, it is. Let me, or, yeah, I'll look at standings uh, right now. We might have to check on that. But being able to be that. Um, they're the so fourth in, seed right now oh, the in the Eastern okay. Conference right yeah, now. Yeah, so they're even higher than I thought they <laughs> yeah, were. Isn't that but, crazy? But having all these rookies being able to play at this level is just so impressive to me thinking that like last year or two years ago, um, oh, I'm sorry. Fourth were, in the Atlantic Division. My apologies. Not in the, not in the conference, oh, but okay. in the division. Either way, they'd be a playoff. But yeah, team, they'd though. be a playoff team regardless, yeah. though. But um, yeah, like looking at this team two years ago when you were when you had what like 13 points mm-hmm. all year or 20 mm-hmm. points or whatever it was all year, yeah. and now you're looking, you already have 20 points. Dylan Larkin had what you said earlier, like yeah, like he's already he, yeah, he's already matched year. his goal output all of last year already. Yeah. That's Which crazy. Like, and you're only, what, two months into the season. You yeah. still got until April that you're going to play or whatever. So. They are a 7 seed currently in the conference right now. They're 13-9-3 yeah. currently. They have 29 points, a winning percentage of, I think, 580 or something like that. But either way. Yeah, um, so they are a 7 yeah. seed. Oh, yeah. So, yep. yeah, so they would be sleeping into the, uh, to the playoffs there. Yep. I think it's, it's so impressive what they've been able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that um, you're getting to the point now where I think Blaschel probably – you probably lose him to get someone else to take him over the top. Cause I think you're getting yeah. to that point now yeah. where you're, I think, and it's the same thing with in baseball with the AJ Hinch thing, where I think mm-hmm. you finally found the person yep. to like now take him over the top, which we'll talk about in a little Absolutely. bit. But um, I think, I think Blashaw has done a phenomenal job developing everyone. And mm-hmm. now you're seeing two probably rookie mm-hmm. of the month candidates. Dylan Larkin's playing his best hockey right now. And now you got all this stuff kind of coming together. Yeah. Now, if you can just find that coach, to be the AJ Hinch to yep. finally just go okay now you're on the next level, uh, maybe you even right. have some playoff experiences here. I know there's a lot of hockey left, but yeah, um, for sure. If you could slide into a seven eight, get them some seven game experience or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think they're on a great track. I still think they're probably second in terms of the next playoff team for Detroit. We'll see. I do yeah. think the Tigers have moved into that spot where I think yep. in the next year or two, the Tigers will definitely be in, yep. in at least wildcard contention. And we're gonna, but and I think the yeah. Wings are definitely up there with them competing for that spot, being the next Detroit team in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And we'll talk Tigers here in a second. But so just so we can kind of give a full landscape of how good the Wings are playing right now. So Lucas Raymond's got 22 points. He's the offensive leader. Uh, he's got 10 goals on the year. He's leading all rookies with 22 points, right? Most Sider is leading in assists. He's got 14, and he's got um, – 
and he's got 17 points. So he's actually moved down to fourth place. Um, but even guess what? Their rookie, Alex Nedeljkovic, geez, I can't ever pronounce his last name. Yeah. He's technically a rookie. He's no he qualifies as a rookie oh. goaltender right now, uh, and he's got eight wins right now on the season. So they are really, really playing some phenomenal, phenomenal hockey. I mean, uh, it's really just it's quite ridiculous, honestly, to see what this team is doing. With you know, you lose Verana early to a shoulder injury, you think, okay, and that really opened the door for Lucas Raymond to kind of get in here, especially on the first line. I mean. We've got our 2019 and our 2020 first round picks playing at ridiculously high levels right now. Yep. So the the and those are two Stevie Y picks too. This isn't a Kenny Holland leftover. Mm. This is full on. You're like, oh, this is. It just it's exciting to me. You know, we haven't done a ton of hockey on this show because at some point it's like, how, what what do you talk about? You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it's not, like it's like why we haven't done the Lions in like six weeks. Yeah, so exactly. Because really it's like, listen, about. when it comes to the off season, we'll talk a lot more Lions. They win a game, I'll talk about the Lions, but yeah. they're a dumpster fire, so it is what it is. But in that same vein, the Wings have been stellar, cap strung. The picks haven't been there. Kenny Holland was just trying to keep the team afloat, right? And so when they finally tore it down, it's like you have just remnants of garbage basically yes. for so long. And now that Eiserman is here, we're in year three of this, and you're finally starting to see some of the fruits of this labor where you just go, oh, man, you can just – you feel it, you know, and they're really kind of coming into their own. It They have been such a fun team to watch. Um, it's really, I think, in a lot of ways, it's really kind of boosted my spirits, knowing that the Lions are so terrible. I, I don't know how you feel, but, like, the NFL season for me has just kind of been, like, there. I haven't really been, like – actively enjoying the NFL as much as I have in recent years for whatever reason. Oh. I don't know why. I just like haven't been like super in tune where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just the best team. This is the best thing ever. Like, oh. I don't know. I mean, I do all yeah, the time. Yeah, I don't know. It's just I mean, been for me. So the Wings, I, I feel like that for the NBA season. I've not been yes. as in tune. And I think NBA part season. of the reason is because the Pistons look really, really bad right now in yeah. a lot of aspects. And we'll talk about them at a later date. But um, I, think, I think the NFL for me is yeah. this year I have – no real rooting interest. So it's the fun two for you because yeah, it's balanced. Yeah, because like the two yeah. teams I normally root for are the Seattle two worst team in the NFC right now, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, record-wise. Um, so I have like no real rooting interest. So now I'm just yeah. watching. Just to watch. To watch. Yeah. And so it's like a different. It's like it's like I always enjoy watching the Final Four for college football, right? Right. Because normally Michigan's not in it, so right. I'm just like, okay, it's Alabama, watch. Georgia, yep. Ohio State. Clemson. Oklahoma or Clemson or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, let's just enjoy some good football, football, good football that I'm not really invested in, but I'm like interested in who wins. Yeah. That's kind of how I am with the NFL right now where yeah. I'm like, it doesn't really matter who wins to me. Right. Like, so I'm just going to ride the ride out. Yeah. Um, yeah. The wings have really been a, have been an eye opener for me though. Like it's, it's been really fun. I've probably watched more red wings games in the past couple weeks than I had all last season, just because it was so difficult to watch. The penalty kills were terrible. You couldn't yeah. score. There was nothing there. There was nothing to be excited about, about this team. And I, I am so happy that we were finally able to talk Red Wings at a consistent basis. The way that they're playing, it's huge. It's huge for the city, huge for the team, and you can feel some momentum kind of coming their way. Like I said, winners of five straight, five, and I think six out of their last seven. Um, if you haven't been down to LCA, I highly recommend you get down there. You know, go to a Wings game. Yeah, you can you can feel it. There's there's a real buzz around yeah. it. It's almost a complete, you know, like a completely different city between the Pistons right now and the way they look compared to what the wings are looking like. And yes. like I said, we'll talk Pistons at another time and some issues that we're seeing with that, but I'm waiting till after the Christmas break before we do that, just mm -hmm. so we can kind of get a full picture of a six win basketball team. But I digress. Um, let's shift focus here a little bit. Let's talk tigers. Um, 
you know, the Tigers coming in, making another, um, you know, big signing. In, and I know, and we'll talk about the lockout here in a second as well. Um, but there is, you know, there's a lot of excitement in Tiger Town right now as well. I mean, when you think about some of the things that they've done, right, they signed Javier Baez, um, technically he was with the Mets last year at the end of the season, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, two-time Gold Glove winner, he's a World Series winner, I think he's won a, I think he's won a, a Silver Slugger as well, I could be wrong on that, but um, he's coming in, he's going to play shortstop, you know, he's... 28, 29 years old, right? Six-year deal, $140 million. I think there is an opt-out. He's 29, sorry. Um, I think there's an opt-out after some point. I don't know how many years into the deal. Um, but now with him, with Erod, with Barnhart, the center, or the catcher that they signed, you just <clears throat> you just look at this roster and you're just like, all right, like there's, there's a little bit of something special here. There's a little bit of, okay, here we go. There's a... You know, it's 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 interesting. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yes. and I think it's fun. You know, looking at this opening. Here's a potential opening day lineup. Here, let me just yeah. throw, let me throw this out at you, Mike. So you got Akil Badu in left field, yeah. Robbie Grossman in right field, uh, Jamer Candelario at third base, Miggy at DH, Javi Baez at shortstop, Scope at first base, Tucker Barnhart at center. Or, I keep saying center, but God bless it. Catcher Riley Green in center field, Harold Castro second base. It's not bad. It's not a bad. No, base. it's not. That's not a bad baseball team, right especially, there. Especially <laughs> with the, with the, and I'm actually on on the. So that's just on the pure defensive side. Yeah. In addition to that, I love our starting pitching rotation yeah. for the most part. Yeah, I do um, too. Having having Casey Mize there. Yep. Uh, Scooble there. Yep. Um, Erod's gonna be uh, yeah. just an e- innings eater. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Manning's going to be there. Mm-hmm. He played pretty well last year. Yep. So having just like having at least three or four guys that you feel confident in a rotation also mm-hmm. um, is also benefit. And you also have Tolkelson who's sitting in double double A, single A, whatever. Triple A. Right is he in triple A now? He was moving up. Yeah. Through. He moved pretty up quickly. Really quickly. Yes. He, I know he was playing like low single A ball. Yep. Like in the beginning of last year. So yep. if he's in triple A now, that's great for him. Mm-hmm. But he'll be moving up probably in the middle of the year sometime to play mm-hmm. in the majors now. So having him on the rise. They're too both is in triple A right now, actually. Riley Green and Torvalds. Yeah, the first but, but Riley field. Green's projected to maybe make the leap. Sooner, correct. Sooner yeah, they're on different projections. But, I think we um, lo- we lump them in a lot of times, but they are technically. Yeah, yeah but having those two yeah. young guys who are supposed to be studs for you also mm-hmm. is uh, it's also great to have. So I, I mean, love that opening day lineup. I, you I don't added. Think, mm-hmm. I know. So did you even say because they have that backup catcher, uh, Eric Eric Haas? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's not even going to be starting. Cause yeah. you, cause Barnhart like, is a Barnhart. gold glove catcher, by the exactly. way. Exactly. And <laughs> now and what Eric Haas was able for you to do last year. Yes. Now you just got better. So now you have two catchers that are that good. Right. I think you just. Added to that, and I know some Tigers fans are not. You know, we thought Carlos Correa would have been the big fish, but you you kind of got pretty much immediately after the press conference with Erod, where Illich was like, "The resources are going to be there, but we need to be smart." That to me signaled a little bit after that. You know, you saw the lunch, and we talked about you know, there's a pretty good chance maybe Correa signs here, but then kind of getting the reports that the Tigers really didn't want to invest $300 million into one person. That was, that was kind of my thing was, yeah. and I, that was the big argument that a lot of people were making yeah. to it was Carlos Carrera would have been like 12 year, $300, $300 million, million dollar yeah. contract. Or exactly what it would have been. And it's like, you, I, I always get worried giving you that much. Cause I like, because this team is so young, you don't know if you're right there, there yet. yet. Right. And that's a guy you're getting to like, go win a national or go on um World Series. Well, World Series, not national. We, we've been oh, saying national championship for the so last much. four weeks, so. 
uh, to win a, to win a World Series. But uh, because because you're not you you don't know yes. if you're there yet. I think Carlos Correa only six years mm-hmm. for the 140 million. I think it's a much better deal because mm-hmm. if this regime doesn't work, you're not just having to pay this guy an extra right. six years, kind of like how Miguel Cabrera was. Yeah. Except like Miguel Cabrera is a totally different situation there. Yeah. But. If like in six years you realize it doesn't work out, yeah. man, you still have to play Carrera six for six more years. Yeah. Why are you trying to re yeah. maybe even do a rebuild again or whatever? Having that off the books if it doesn't work out. Well it would be like nice. having Miggy on the books like he is now. Exactly. Yeah, and it'd be, it'd like, it's just kind of stifling what you can do and now. And with and with the lockout pending too, I think is another part of that, right? It, it's hard to invest that amount of money knowing that you may lose a year, right? And everybody gets older. <laughs> everybody takes another year. There's a lot of there's a lot of volatility in baseball, right? Now I understand some of the um, of the reservations about Javi Baez as a player, right? Yes. He strikes out way too much, and it and it, it got to the point where it was getting pretty egregious, where like a third of his at bats were strikeouts. That's not good. As a player who is supposed to be putting the ball in play, you got to get the ball in play a little bit. But the power was the power has always been there. When he got traded to the Mets post July thirtieth, he hit two ninety nine. That is, you know, over his career, he's hit 264, 307, 477 slash line. So the power's always been there, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's expected to do that, I'm sure, here as well. But I think more than anything, not even so much from an offensive efficiency perspective, I think this was a – he's third in the league and runs saved at the shortstop position yeah. over his career. So that with Barnhart, Erod, who is a ground ball pitcher, you just you, – you pull all these things where it's like, hey, listen – we may not be able to put up five, six, seven runs every game, but you're sure as shit aren't going to score six runs a game. That, that's also my thing is I think I think gold glove, gold glove, gold I, glove. I think, I think with a lot of Detroit teams, you're kind of seeing too with like we're going to keep bringing up the Pistons. Yeah, we're not talking about them, yeah. but you, they, they're it's, big, it's very they're similar. Big, their big philosophy on like three and D yep. for basketball, but just being a defensive team yep. where. You might, like you said, you might not be able to put up six, seven, eight runs, mm-hmm. but with him being there at shortstop, which is a big weakness for the team in the and years he steals past, bases too. and he steals bases as well. But mm-hmm. just being there on defense, now it's like, okay, you're not getting past him now. Yeah, like that's a shortstop that we know for sure you're not getting past. Yeah, and it's and you take a uh, a glaring need, right? And listen, I get it. It's like you saved a whole bunch of money. Could you go and sign Corey Seager? Yes, you could have, but. I think this team is a little bit, and I think this part plays into it. I think you are a little bit snake bitten with signing those big deals. When he did the Prince Fielder $8 million deal, that went to shit so fast. I can't even begin to explain, right? Um, Victor Martinez, you signed a four-year extension worth a good bunch of money, and I think he played 50 games for you. So this baseball team is clearly a little bit snake bitten. But here's the reality of this, folks, and this is something I think people really need to kind of wrap their heads around. The Tigers have spent money this offseason. They didn't spend a dime on anybody worth a damn yeah. the last four, five years, right? They had that last little ditch effort where they brought in like Justin Upton and those guys, right? Uh, Matt Ryan Zimmerman, um, and that was a complete disaster. So the fact that this team feels like they are in a position right now to potentially be competing for a wild card slash playoff bid, right? Competing for the AL Central, I mean, they were a game off from finishing in second. So it's like they were right there. They were flirting with 500 last year with a really young roster um, that still has to somehow fit in a aging Miguel Cabrera. I want to talk about Cabrera, though, for a second, because we are seeing a theme now. Both Javi and Erod both have mentioned explicitly, yeah, I really wanted to come and play with Miguel Cabrera. I feel like Miguel Cabrera can help me 
with my hitting with in terms of bias or Erod's like me and Cabrera are, are really good friends. We talk all the time. Yeah. He really sold me on the city. Talk to me about the importance of a guy like Miguel who knows that, listen, my time is coming down. I know I'm not going to sign another deal. When my contract's up, I'm done. He's already kind of said that yeah. about the importance of having such a team guy like Cabrera. We give him a lot of flack because of the money he's getting paid, but good on him for getting paid. The fact that he is kind of being like, listen, I need to get this team into shape. So when I leave, right, there yeah. are there there are stars here. There are there are pieces that this yeah. team can get behind that the fans can go. This organization is going to be in good shape. It's not reliant upon me to be the guy to get people into the ballpark. Yeah, no, I I love the idea of the passing of the guard. Yeah, of, of bringing bringing some guys in, whether you're friends or I, and it, it also shows his legacy and how everyone portrays him. They yeah. don't portray him as he's oh, a team he's guy. A, yeah, like yeah. he is a team guy first. Yeah. He's he's not one of those guys who like the last years of his career went yeah. to go to Houston or yeah. to, right. to, to, to the Yankees or to the go Dodgers. Win a title. It's like, yeah. I'm going to live or die a Detroit tiger, which yeah. is one of those things that it's either, it's either you, you go places to like, to ring hunt, yeah, or you're gonna stay in one place for right. like your and entire try to career. leave a place better than you left it. Exactly. So yeah. it's it, you're you're one of two people yep. normally. Yep. And Miguel Guerrero decided early on signing yep. that huge contract that he's going to be a Tiger forever, and yep. he's going to try to develop this team and do everything he can to make the team as good as it can be. And yeah. I think uh, at this point, bringing in these two guys, whether it's helping with hitting or like you said, being good friends or whatever, I think is huge. That, oh yeah, uh, him being here and everything, and I think too, right? If we get Miguel like we got last year, Miguel had a bounce back year last yeah, year. He, he I, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, the fact that it, the biggest thing for Miggy, it's not the fact that he hasn't been able to hit; it's he hasn't been on the field, he hasn't been able to play. Not, I'm not even talking fielding; I'm talking actively being available to play to hit the baseball. Yes. he has been hurt a lot, and so for him to be in shape, in good health, ready to go to add a little bit more power to a lineup that needs it and needs runs. And, and they're such at a premium for this Tigers team. I think it's huge. Right. Yeah. And he's not going to be the 300 hitter triple crown guy that he was. That's, that's unrealistic, but to be a guy where you can give me 25 home runs, you can give me 80 to 95 yeah. RBIs on the year and, and play and, consistent and, and, DH and being here just long enough as a to have leader. a guy like Tolkosin come up yeah. and maybe be able to get into his own a little bit before yeah. you leave. So right. you're not just leaving. It's like, sorry, you don't have a, while well, at the same time, you're also enticing people to come to the ballpark. Miguel yes. Cabrera is still a big name in baseball. He's yes. one of the greatest hitters, if not the greatest hitter in of our generation. Mm. It's just, you don't see talent like him very often. So the fact that he is actively like, no, 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 you need to come here, right? Because maybe he's thinking, hey, maybe if I, you know, by the end of my deal, maybe we have one year where we can try yeah. to make that run. Say, maybe that kind of comes together. Like two years left, so yeah. maybe that second year, maybe you do have enough talent to try maybe to get make that. Yeah, that 2006 run. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 very it's very nice to see. You can tell this Tigers team. After last year, I think Avila Hinch were really able to sell Illich on, hey, look what we did with kind of a patchwork kind of defense, right? Up and down people, and especially in the middle of your infield, um, to now really bringing in some efficient, um, you know, ball players, like legitimate, legitimate ball players. Like, that's mm -hmm. the best way I can put it. You're no longer signing stopgap one year guys, you're signing people that you're like, oh, no, no, foundational piece. Erod's going to eat up innings for us. Javi Baez is going to completely secure the middle of the infield for us. We brought back Jonathan Scope. We've got at least two blue chip prospects ready to go whenever we need to, you know, finally pull that trigger. There's a lot of good things to be talking about this Tigers team. For. I'm mm -hmm. extremely excited. 
um, for them to get back. Uh, and I hope this lockout ends very quickly because, yeah, that would not be that would not be spectacular. We need um, some we need some summer sports, you know. Yeah, we yeah we need something. Good yeah. lord, yeah. Because well, it's the thing too. It's you don't want to lose this momentum, right? You yeah. feel like the Tigers coming off last year. You're like, all right, like let's let's roll. Yeah, we're kind of getting there now. So I think it's extremely exciting to kind of be in this spot now where you're signing people again. You feel like you're back in the mix. You're not just like, okay, we got a grit and bear it this year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah you so go in, you, we're going into this year going all right maybe you can be above 500 this yeah, year right maybe at least competing for that wild for card. that low car the yeah. low wild card spot absolutely for sure um all right let's shift focus here a little bit you know uh let's talk let's talk the usfl um before we before we talk wrestling while we kind of wait for this college football announcement uh mike is diligently making sure that we don't miss a thing um i'm sure they're gonna milk it for every possible minute as we're on the yeah. air um and if we have to, well, you can maybe talk some Pistons too to lengthen this episode. No, nah, I, I think it's I think it's coming soon. It's coming. Yeah, okay, so cool. I think it might be after USFL talk. We might all right, cool. All right, but let's talk about the USFL because I, Mike, you you texted me and you went, "Did you see the USFL is coming back?" Oh, by the way, Michigan's got a team, and I lost my mind. I was so excited. It was funny, I, yeah, because watching the herd, yeah, Colin Cowherd show, he was like, "I'm going right. to announce them. I'm going to I'm going to announce the teams at one point today." Yeah. So I was just watching it. And I didn't even know it existed. I didn't yeah. even know the league was even coming back. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. And then he said it, and I was like, okay, let's see these teams. Yeah. And literally the first team he said yeah, was Michigan, Michigan Pan. Panthers. And I went, like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, okay. Cool. Um, yeah, so let's just give him a little bit of background. So USFL, right, at one point was a rival league. You know, Donald Trump was involved. It, it actually at one point was the, the league that stole a lot of really big players. Jim Kelly. Um, uh, oh, oh, my gosh. What's the running back name? Son of a B. Oh, boy. What's his name? <laughs> oh, that's going to irritate me so much now. Oh, he was on the Cowboys and he got drafted. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have to look that up now because it's going to – Herschel Walker. Thank you. Good Lord. Whoa. Woo. Got it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. That was that was in a Rob monologue being like, oh, God, I'm stupid. Anyway, but they, they, were, they were responsible. You know, at one point, the USFL was like, I'm going to draft a player, and then the NFL is going to draft that same player, but the USFL is like, we'll pay you more money to come yeah. here. And they're like, oh, okay. Like Jim Kelly got drafted by Buffalo. He didn't want to play in Buffalo. So he went to Houston and played in Dallas for a few years, and then the league folded. He's like, I guess I'll go to Buffalo. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of how it worked for a while there. So, um, you know, it's ba- it's awesome. It's going to be in the spring of 2022 is the inaugural season. We don't have a ton of details yet. Um we do have we do know that they're going to be playing all at neutral locations. So unfortunately, I don't think you're going to be able to watch the Michigan Panthers in Michigan. I don't think they're not going to be playing. They don't have their own designated home fields yet. That I think that's coming in 2023. I think a big reason for that is because, as we know, the XFL now owned by the Rock um, is trying to come back in 2023. So I think they're trying to beat the XFL because they're both yes. going to be in the spring. Um, just talk to me, Mike, first about what you're kind of hoping to see. I have a list of things on my mind that I want to see out of this new league. The, obviously the focus is going to be on younger players. It's going to be similar rules, I think, right to the NFL, maybe with some minor tweaks. Talk to me though, about what you want to see, um, out of the USFL and why we are already the biggest Michigan Panther fans. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just pumped to have football in the spring. Yeah. I love it. Uh, It's just just having an extra thing. Actually, I would prefer if you really like, if you want my honest opinion, I wish this was in the summer. Yeah, I do too. Because spring, I fill a lot of my spring up with NBA 
and like March Madness and yeah. stuff. So like I get enough like sports in the spring as mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, if this was a summer league, you know it'd why be they won't put it in the summer? But because, it's because it's right before the NFL. And, and the stuff. NFL off season is so volatile. Like we but, do so much coverage. But my thing with yeah, like my argument against that really quick as yeah, it yeah. shouldn't even be an argument is usually the summer for the NFL mm-hmm. is boring. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. usually from like around the draft right, time. Right. Free yeah, you're right. No, you're right. All the yep. spring stuff. That's yep. when it's gonna be prevalent is during that time listen you're but gonna watch nfl tra- network and watch training camp live <laughs> not not if that not if the nfl is on um, i love it yeah no i'm i i want to see like because it's going to be similar rules i think one fun thing is because usually the the, the nfl league votes on new rules mm-hmm. around this time that yep. they're going to be playing yeah i would love if they implement like if they're like oh we want a a special referee mm-hmm. in a, in a hot air balloon above the arena mm-hmm. to with a binoculars to look down and watch from the top yep. from like a Hawkeye view or something. Mm-hmm. I wish maybe the USFL does that and mm-hmm. go, does that work? Yeah. And like maybe like check on some like like if like the pass interference thing a yep. couple years ago. Yep. Maybe it's like okay, we'll put it in the USFL. Yeah. See how it goes there. Yep. And if it's a complete dumpster fire, we won't add it to the NFL. Right. It can kind of be like a testing ground for new rules the NFL wants to use. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that's one and I think way it's a breeding ground. It it's you know if we're gonna bring in wrestling here for a second, right? It's the NXT or it's the developmental yeah. for the NFL. And that's if you have exactly a star dude who throws forty touchdowns, the XFL for the produce people yeah. for them, right? Like. PJ Walker, right, was the star of the XFL. He is an active player for the Carolina Panthers. I yeah, mean, he played he, last he played, week. <laughs> I was say he played last week once a certain man got benched. Yeah, it happens. Uh, apparently Cam Newton's not the best player of all time. So, real quick, just want to give you guys kind of some details here. So, the teams we have the Michigan Panthers, the New Jersey Generals, the Philadelphia Stars, and the Pittsburgh Maulers are in the North Division. In the South Division, we have the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, New York, or I'm sorry, the New Orleans Breakers. And the Tampa Bay Bandits. So, needless to say, the Michigan Panthers already have the coolest logo. You can just bank on that. And their name flows. Yeah, it's way better. Flows, yeah. The Pittsburgh Maulers. Gross. Uh, so, Ball other just kind of other things, right? They're going to be playing um, all of their games kind of like in a bubble, right? That's kind of how it's going to work, right? At Pro- Protective Stadium and Legion Field, apparently, are the two fields that they're going to be playing at. It's going to be an eight-team 10-week season with two additional playoff rounds from April 15th to July 3rd. So it, uh, to, if you want to be able to find them, they're going to have 20% of the games on Fox, 25% on NBC, 25% on Fox Sports, and 25% on the USA Network, which yes. I think is interesting. So the league is owned by Fox. Wait, what was what was the time on there? You said something something to July 3rd? Uh, yeah, April 15th through July 3rd. Dude, that's a perfect yeah, – yeah, see, that's yeah. a perfect time. Yeah, exactly. That's actually – yeah. if it's not in the summer, that's literally – because that's – like NFL draft is about to be there, but that's like the first two weeks of the season. And then you go to July 3rd, which is uh, 4th of July. Mm -hmm. And then you get like a month off from like, unless you watch baseball a lot, but you have like a month off, then the NFL starts. I think that's a perfect time. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Um, Talk to me a little bit though about, is there, I mean, for me, the one thing that I want to see out of the USFL, and I talked about this a lot. I really enjoyed the XFL product. I, I thought it was a hell of a fun time. I was bummed that Michigan didn't have a team, so thankfully we have some home rooting interest now. But um, from the presentation standpoint, even the rule – like the rule changes are fine, right? The two, three, four, eight-point conversions, whatever. That's one yeah. thing. 
I love the presentation of the XFL. Yes. The hearing of the play calls, talking to the coach, hearing the back and forth, seeing the review process, all of that, all of those behind the scene, behind the curtain. As a viewer, everybody wants to see the I, backstage. I think I think the 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 talk about the review process yeah, is something huge. the NFL should have Absolutely. now. Absolutely. Um because I think it it leaves out the gray area. Yep. Because I think what when are you, you seeing? Because when get you because when you have a catch that's like overturned or like a process yeah. that's overturned, how? But the, if the ref is like, okay, so at this point, I don't personally believe. Right. Right. Like if you're watching a perfect example, of that is the Golden Tate. Yeah. Like like yeah. the 10 second runoff game Absolutely. because like we don't know if the knee is down but if you hear the ref go okay at this point i believe that the knee is down here right at this like, point what are you and seeing he circles what are you guys like seeing? the area yeah. where the knee is down right then i go okay at least to yeah. you maybe it's i have information than... where you made the informed decision to say this is what happened exactly. you may disagree but at least you have logic and the conversation where yes. it's not as simple as well, it's not a touchdown yeah like, like you, yeah. when you come up, you go, okay, I'm not rolling a touchdown. Now you get a 10-second runoff, and now you lose. Everyone's just like, well, that sucks. Yeah. And we never get any explanation afterwards. It's just, oh, you kind of lose. You, unless you read, like, the ref yeah. post-game, whatever. Right. But, but no one ever reads no. that. No, no, no. Um, but if in the game they were like, okay, so here's where I see this. You circle. You can mm -hmm. X some stuff out. Yeah. It's like, okay, at this yeah. point he, he doesn't have it, it here. He doesn't have it here. And here's so gonna, why. And here's why. Yeah. Like, that's the stuff I love from the XFL, yeah. from the four weeks that was the XFL. I know. Um, I miss it. I really do miss it. Yeah, it was, it was um, really that stuff, and then also, like you said, the coaching. Yeah, player. I love that. Was a lot of fun. I love. I didn't, like the play call. calls were fine. Yeah. But it's like you like it's like oh, yeah. as a coach though, or whatever, I, whatever. I think it's cool to me because I like being able to see the huddle right, hear the play call right, hear the cadence, and then try to understand what they uh, seeing what? that transfer the field right. Yeah. It's very easy to be like, okay, that was a halfback dive, but. As we both know, that's so much more labor intensive yes. than just calling a halfback dive, right? It's not Madden. So I love being able to understand and hearing the audible, especially like I think Pep Hamilton did this a lot for the team that he was coaching where it was like talking to Cardell Jones and being like, hey, listen, if it's not there, just throw it. Like hearing that back no, and that forth, was, you that don't was, hear. That was the yeah, stuff yeah. I like was yeah. when he's talking to the quarterback and he's yeah. like, okay, so on this play, right. you should look at this uh, that's right. weak side This is going to be here for this. If it's not there, just throw it away. We'll go back. We'll try it again later. Yeah. Yeah. I love the – I love the – like I said, as a viewer and because you're not an insider on you know in the NFL, you're not a coach, you're not a personnel guy – you like to see the stuff behind the scenes. Everyone is so fascinated. It's the same thing with wrestling. It's the same thing. That's why you always hear the rumor mill, right? It's, you know, people inside the building really think that Aaron Rodgers is a prick. And everyone's yeah. like, well, I knew that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so it's one of those things where people get so excited for that. So I think if the USFL is to be successful, I think they have to adapt some of those things. Mm -hmm. Because I think if you just give me the same presentation you're giving me for the NFL – I don't necessarily – now, it's football, so it's always going to do a decent rating. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't necessarily know how invested I'm going to be knowing that this is just worse NFL playing. It's, I you agree. Know what I mean? And I think, I think when you're comparing it to the XFL – Right, where you go, they tried some different X things. XFL, it's more in, in, in like engaging. Yeah, for the viewer. For the viewer. Yeah. So it's like I'd rather watch something that I'm more engaged yeah. in. And I care about a little more because I get to see like all the coaches mm -hmm. like talk to each other yeah. than just an NFL product with – bad play it'd be like it's like watching the jets and lions playing every right, week exactly you're like, you're like i don't care yeah, it's like, like, yeah. i don't care one yeah. of them's gonna be like good yeah. record wise but they're all not gonna be very good players because they're not right. in the nfl the other so. thing so what do your what do you make though of of now from the xfl which is coming back in 2023 as long as as much as information as we have right 
smart move by the USFL to hurry up and kind of get something out there, knowing you don't have the full, you don't have home and away really yet. You yeah. know, you're. I don't know what they're going to do when, when we get an expansion draft. I'm really excited to see when they draft players and stuff. But talk to me about now if you're the XFL, are you pissed off? You're like, son of a gun, like that they're trying to beat us to the punch while you're trying to get your ducks in a row to make it successful? No, I think I think there's a bigger chance the USFL falls off because yeah. they try to do it too fast. Where, Even though it's owned by Fox? Because you yeah. so you got a ton of money behind this now. No, no, you do. Yeah. But like, I think the XFL is taking their time and yeah. like really like – Okay, how are we gonna make this a viable but second option? I think that's why, like, when you when you talk wrestling, it's like that's why AEW was so successful early. Right. It's because they had like WWE's cranking stuff out for like 25, 30 years oh, on yeah. TV. But like, AEW got like six months of like, okay, right. how are we gonna write these first three years of story? Right, and yeah. they were able okay, to. We got to get the TV deal. Yeah, we, we have they, to they get this. The, they had to yeah. get all that stuff, which was difficult. Yeah. But then they got to a point where it was like, now that we have the TV deal, we have paper, we, we have all this stuff. Now it's like, okay, now we have time. We have three months to sit here and go. What's this long-term story we're going to tell for the next three years? Right. Like they had that time to sit there. That's what the XFL is going to do is they have – once they get their TV deal, if they can get one or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's going to be, okay, now that we have the TV deal, now yeah. it's how are we going to make this product so much better than what the USFL is giving you? Right. And with the year that they get to watch it, they go, okay, this is what people liked. This is what people didn't like. Yeah. Now let's not do that our first year. Right. So when people watch the XFL for the first time, it's already going to be better than the USFL's first time, yeah. and people might be more engaged in the XFL then. Yeah. I'm really, really hoping that the I, I I love I love alternate I love alternate leagues like this. I think it's really fun. You know, it's it's fun to see guys that you're just like, oh, oh, he's here now. Oh, okay, you know, I love the fact that Michigan got a team too. Now listen, if the XFL comes back, are we Battle Hawk fans? You're damn oh, right, hundred percent. Damn are. right, I have the hat and the shirt to prove it. Darn it, but <laughs> I don't. But I, like, I won't get. One. I want full in with it, and I'm gonna buy Michigan Panther merch too because I'm all about it. But um. You know, it's extremely exciting for sure. So it's really cool. I'm really looking forward to the season. I'm, well, obviously, when we kind of get names of potential players and the draft and all that stuff, it's gonna be it's gonna be huge. Um, all right, let's shift focus now. I told you guys that as soon as we got the information, we would get it. Mike, take it over. Yeah. Um, you're watching so, live broadcast yeah, so right now. I'm watching the live broadcast. They haven't announced one through four, but they have okay. like the the picture up. Okay. So I'm assuming. Okay. We're gonna be getting it. So they just announced number six is Ohio State. Okay. So and everyone in Ohio State just did a massive groan. And Notre Dame just got announced at number five. Number five. So Ooh. so the fun thing there is that Baylor beat Oklahoma State but didn't jump either Ohio State or Notre Dame. It's because they're number four. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But yeah, that but can but, you imagine? I was gonna say, but being number being number nine, beating the number five team, yeah, even numbers, though it was like, number seven. Yeah, now they're gonna be number seven, which <laughs> and Oklahoma State dropped to ten. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's what they were talking about. Well, very you know, and that's the thing that. too. That's the only part of the of championship weekend as we kind of admittedly stall until we get the until we get. The <laughs> I was trying to find something yeah, to right. talk about. Um, but no, it is interesting though because you know you saw like Brady Quinn and stuff try to make the argument. Well, maybe Baylor they got they got the Big Twelve. I go, yeah, but. You're, <laughs> Just because you win the Big 12, if the conference blows and you're yeah. not undefeated, who cares? Like, yeah. I don't, you know, like, should we automatically put Northern Illinois in because they won the MAC yesterday beating <laughs> Kent State? No. I mean, come on. Like, that's just stupid to me. Like, right. so you know. So, since Cincinnati officially in at number four, like, yeah. I think we all thought they okay. were going to be. Yeah. So, honestly, for this, right, folks, we kind of know the teams, right? I'm not going to yeah. go through it again until we get the final bracket. But, like, we kind of – this is your – me and Mike were talking off air – this is one of the few years, really enough, for as much volatility as that could have happened. Now that everything past championship weekends happened, you kind of go, 
okay, so we know the four teams. Yes. It's just what in order what order and what are the matchups are we going to get? And with the way Alabama played, we're going to break down, by the way, the championship Saturday. So don't make sure we're, we're not going to forget about you there. But the way we saw Alabama play and the way we saw Michigan play yesterday, it's like there is some conversations. You know, I'm fully expecting Georgia to be number three here. Mm-hmm. Some on Michigan Falls. I, I saw somebody <laughs> post that. They were like, I, uh, Joey Galloway. Said yeah. Alabama one, Georgia two, Michigan three. Go. How does Michigan fall? They just they, they, they just won. They just yeah. killed Iowa. Yeah. Like how does that make any sense to me? Well, yeah, Georgia's I, falling. Well, so yeah, I'm thoroughly expecting if they go four through one here, Which I'm thoroughly will. expecting yeah. Georgia to be three. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to get the official ruling in a few seconds. Yeah, here, but so let's so while we're waiting for that though, well, let's talk. You know, as we kind of get through, it, and you can interrupt me whenever, right? We're kind of doing this ad hoc. Don't worry, guys. We are still going to get to the Survivor Series. I know everyone's waiting for that, as well as we're talking about. We're going to be talking a little bit of AEW news as well because I have a bone to pick with Mike, so I'm a little annoyed. But um, let's let's. I, I do want to talk real quick here about the Big 12 game, right? Because you mentioned yes. Baylor, right? We thought Oklahoma State was definitely in play. Georgia, Georgia just got announced at three. Georgia just got announced at three. Okay, yes. so we're waiting for so now. Now, we're, now, the, now the real talk is Alabama. Or Michigan, right, yes. for sure. But as we wait for that last review, right, Oklahoma State we thought was going to kind of be in it, right? We're yes. like, okay, they have a very good chance. They're five at the time. Go handle your business. And it really puts Cincinnati then in a tough spot, especially, yes. you know, if Bama wins, right? They blow it last second. Is it, it, it for you, right? What was your reaction when they lose by that half an inch? Because apparently they can't get a yard in four plays. Um, what was your reaction? Were you like, I mean, like, oh, okay. So this is, did it, did it ruin the weekend a little bit for you? Because you're like, okay, like. No, I see. So it didn't ruin it because yeah. I was still on the on the wagon that Georgia was going to win. Right. And so if Georgia, yeah. so the interesting part was if Georgia was going to win, then yeah. you're coming in the conundrum. Do you have like Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio state? Like then yeah. you can have that argument. Of right, right. A couple other teams. Yeah. Um, because you, so the you know, Alabama game is one that ruined it. So for the you. Alabama <laughs> game is the one that was like, okay, so, um, so Alabama won since, and then yeah. I was like, Cincinnati's not going to lose. I, I guess if Cincinnati lost, it could have been interesting too, right, but right. I didn't think Cincinnati was, gonna I didn't lose. think so. And either. I didn't think Michigan was going to lose. So no. once Alabama won, I was like, so you have your four, pretty locked in yeah and now it's just kind of like what storyline what marketing technique do you want to use right. to determine the team oklahoma state winning with the outcomes that we have now would have made it interesting to talk right, about right, right now because yeah. it would have been like do you take oklahoma state at 12 and 1 with the big 12 yeah. or do you like the undefeated not yeah. power five and now we don't have to talk about that because yeah for sure yeah it's just interesting i still can't so believe they there's blew that a stat game. right here so alabama has is first or fourth in strength of schedule and is nine and one against top forty opponents this year. Mm-hmm. Michigan had the twenty first strength of schedule and is only five and one against top forty opponents. I think that it's going to be the it's going to be factor. a big deciding factor that Al- they're they're looking at Alabama has much stronger schedule that they played. I can't believe that's even true. I don't who who like they lost to Texas A and M. They didn't play Georgia until the end of the year. They beat Auburn. Who well, they, they played like Ole Miss and Texas A&M. I, and, yeah, I guess Ole Miss teams. is a top 10 team, so that one I get. But like, well, we're looking they, at top 40, so like LSU is probably top oh, 40. Top Auburn 40. was probably top 40. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I, let me put it this way. Michigan has the biggest win out of any top four team. They beat the number two team in the country by 20 points. Outside, well, outside of championship weekend, yeah. which comes to Alabama being number right, one team. Right, yeah, but like, through, regular the, season, through the regular yeah. season, Michigan does have the biggest win. And let's win. be real here for a second here. As much as I think Georgia is a very good football team, um, their biggest win of the year was over a nine and three Kentucky team. So it is official Alabama will be number one. Oh, Michigan's number two. So exactly right. how I thought it was gonna yeah, be. We did, yeah. Our our matchups will be Alabama versus Cincinnati, and you get Michigan versus Georgia. 
Um, I wonder if they're going to announce times. I'm assuming Michigan-Georgia will be the night, like the it 8 o'clock be. game. Because I think they usually try to – They do one for it because they think – Well, remember one year we thought that, though, when they played Alabama and Oklahoma was the last game. And we exactly. went, what so the I don't, hell? I don't know if it's one of those, like, every other year they do one yeah. for it. Actually, so, so the two threes played in Dallas, and the one four is played in Miami. Or no, not Miami. Is it like in California? I think it's depending on where it's at. Yeah. Because maybe the three it's a, well, it's a different difference. bowl games yeah. every year now. Yeah, so. it is. So I don't know exactly where yeah. they're at. So it, it always rotates. I hope they announce it yeah. during this broadcast at one point yeah. so we can actually officially. But those those will be the matchups you get. Alabama, Cincinnati, 1-4. Michigan, Georgia, 2-3. All right, let's 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 break these down then, right? Let's So, how, so Mike, I got, I'll give you two options. We can either break down each individual team going into this, and then we'll break down the matchups. Basically, break down championship Saturday, or do you want to break down the matchups first? What do you which one you want to do? Um, I think I think we should go straight to matchups because okay. I don't I don't think there was necessarily anything like noteworthy of the games other than like everyone everyone that. pretty dominated yeah. like everybody I would agree with that. like I think the big one was like Georgia didn't look like Georgia yeah but, right, I was, so let's, but outside of that like Michigan did what they were supposed to do Cincinnati did what they were supposed to do I don't think anything yeah. was like all right let's talk let's talk Bama Cincinnati first because that's yeah. the one four matchup um. First off, congratulations, Cincinnati. They break through, right? And this is very much, I think, the the committee going, you know what? All right, you forced our hand. Let's like, you want this. Let's go. Everybody's clamoring for it. Yada, yada, yada. You know, first off, I can't believe that Cincinnati is going to get in first over schools like USC and that kind of – that's crazy to me, but I digress. Um yeah, Alabama, Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, right, coaching his butt cheeks off out there, um, you know, and, you know, Spencer Rattler trying to do his best, you know, possible to keep that offense afloat. Meanwhile, Alabama coming out the biggest win of their year, beating Georgia by multiple touchdowns, making Georgia look like fools. Um, fools. Talk to me about this matchup, Mike. I don't really see any way Cincinnati's going to win this ballgame. Um, Sorry, I, I know I'm I, I as much credit as I want to give you, as much hope as I want to give you, Nick Saban is just better. I just yes. just just reality of it. They have better athletes, they're faster, they're stronger, even though they're maybe even more inexperienced than you, they're just better athletes than you at the end of the day. You're yeah. gonna have to play perfect. And even then I don't know if it's enough for Cincinnati to get Yeah, it I think I think it is a tough ask to be to for Cincinnati. Now if it happens, biggest upset in college football. I think I think if this upset happens, I think Be it's crazy. going to push hard for an expansion, for an expansion because then now because then you ask the question of well, well is, what about UCF? Is UCF credible mm-hmm. now? Right. Because they went on to beat Auburn yeah. in the bowl game, but it's like yeah. if they were a, a six seed, could they have upset a few teams to get there? Yeah. Was you know, Western Michigan, was Western 11 Michigan and 11 a fluke? A fluke or yeah. could they have legitimately? Like, I think a lot of these non power five teams now, or even just teams like Baylor, maybe yeah. Baylor could go in, or Ohio mm-hmm. State could have a second chance and beat Georgia and get a couple upsets and win. Another like, I think thing- now the expansion talk would rise. Now, Alabama would just destroy Cincinnati. I think you go, there's a reason why it's only four teams. And I'll also because put this Alabama out there. Alabama probably going to win most of the years. I'll put, I'll put this out there as well. We did get a report out that talks have really stalled on the expansion um over so i don't think we're going to see it for at least two three more years which is ridiculous in my opinion um i don't understand how hard this is for people to go 
we just take the top eight, top four get a bye. I think I think blah, it's blah, more blah, of blah. like I now I heard it's a lot of school things yeah. that are in the way. I think a lot of like finals would be around the time that they're gonna play the games. Yeah. And so if you're if you're trying to acclimate that school is more important than football, which for a lot of stuff it, for a lot of these teams it wouldn't be. Yeah. But but there's a reason that, Brian Kelly left Notre Dame to go to LSU. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, but like because <laughs> because their idea is if you went to eight to twelve teams, you'd have to play yep. these games a little earlier. So like December fourteenth, like this yeah. next weekend will probably be the first round, and this is the week for finals. Right. So like you're not giving them. You know what? Time. They get rid of your conference championship games and just take the top eight teams. Yeah. Because if you don't win the conference championships, don't mean nothing if you have an eight versus yeah. twelve. Yeah, I think and I think that's where all the I think you know that's why I mean? the discussions take yeah. so long because it's like okay, so if you can't do. If just you have a big ten weekend, outright then, winner like they do in basketball. Yeah, but yeah, so I think that's where the that's where yeah. you're trying to figure out the right. Discussion like stuff. okay, so like in this case this year, right? Okay, Alabama is the regular like even if even if they don't have a championship game, right? Okay, Georgia is the SEC winner out of the regular season SEC champion. Okay, and then blah blah blah, right? Even if Georgia's the number one seed going into it, it doesn't matter. At the end, like you know, I just there's a lot of logistics there, but so yeah, Bama. I just don't see the big playability for Alabama. Against Cincinnati, Cincinnati has a tendency to play down a lot of times. They obviously aren't going to be able to do it this time. Bama doesn't do that. Bama doesn't play down to teams. But Bryce Young had a Heisman type moment last night. I just, I, I also, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out though. Yeah. I think Cincinnati can play up to people. I, I think do. when they played Notre Dame, they yep. just played out of their mind. Yeah, like because they do play down to people. I think there, there are a lot of what, um, like Michigan State is. Yes, and I think that's why I think this could at least be a feisty fight because I do believe that Desmond Ritter and. And that defense that Luke Fickle has out there and stuff, I think that they'll at least come in. They're going to come in with an edge. They have 26 days to game plan something, to figure out something to try to slow this team down. And the number one thing I will say they need to do, and it's the thing that Georgia didn't do, which I was surprised by, is that they didn't dominate the line of scrimmage defensively. Right? You have two of the best defensive tackles in the country, Georgia does, and we're going to talk about them in a second, but they didn't do anything against Alabama's offensive line. Bryce Young had all day to throw the football, and with the amount of speed you have – and Alabama's offense with the receivers that they have, there's no way you're going to win that football game. It's just not possible. Cincinnati is going to have to bring the pressure. They're going to have to force Bryce Young to stay in the pocket, and they're going to have to control the tempo. Alabama has not run the ball all that all that great. Now, they, I get it. They still average 40 points a game, but it's because they don't play anybody a good chunk of the year. Um they're gonna have to force Alabama to be one dimensional, and I think it's gonna they're gonna have to force them to say, "Listen, you can no, you can't have the big play, right?" I thought Georgia for the first quarter almost did that. They didn't allow mm-hmm. Bryce Young to throw a sixty-yard post route where your zone coverage looks like you missing six players. Like he didn't allow that, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden the wheels fell off. Cincinnati is gonna have to play perfect defense. They're gonna have to be able to dominate the line scrimmage, and here's the other part: they're gonna have to be able to rush four. And, and get home sometimes. And not going home with sacks. I'm talking about force Bryce Young to make a mistake because he is a young kid. He's playing out of his mind. He's probably going to win the Heisman if I had to bet at this point. Um, they're going to have to force him to make mistakes. And in Cincinnati being a very veteran-type team, they have a lot of upperclassmen on this team, your quarterback being one of them, you're not going to be able to hang punch for punch with them. But if you can keep them contained, then all of a sudden maybe you can. That's yeah. my only real way I think you stop this Alabama team. All right, let's talk the real matchup of, the, of that weekend, though. Uh, Michigan, Georgia in the Holiday Hoobity Bowl, whatever it is. Uh, so they are – so, yeah, so Michigan-Georgia is in the Capital One Orange Bowl, which is played in Florida? 
Dallas, Texas. Oh, is it really? Yeah, they okay. get the. Oh no, I'm sorry. They play in Miami Gardens, Florida. Okay. Hard Rock Stadium. I don't know. See, Kyle was. I think Kyle was just wrong. Yeah, Kyle. Because Kyle was telling me that the two three, no matter what, played in Dallas. Yeah, I don't think. But that's true. I, I, I think it's just whoever they put there. So, um, and the Alabama Cincinnati game is in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl this year, which okay. is in Arlington, Texas. Which actually, I think they might have just switched those around so they can get Alabama and Cincinnati to play first. Because I think yeah. on the, more on the East Coast, probably right, play right. first. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So I would. That's where I'm assuming. I'm trying to wait for the official times to come out. But okay, so Orange Bowl, Cotton yeah, so Bowl. They get the, so they so Michigan will be going to Miami playing Georgia in the Orange Goodyear Bowl. Orange Bowl. All right, cool. So this is a matchup. I think a lot of Michigan fans. I think we're dreading a little bit, right? Because you're like, oh, geez, you know. One of us wasn't. I don't remember which one, but one of us. I I, one. I I think personally, I think they match up pretty okay with Georgia. Personally, okay. I I I'm afraid of the big play again for Alabama, and yeah. I think they showed it yesterday of why I'm I, so afraid I, of their I offense. Look at, I look at Georgia as a much better version, but a version of what Iowa is. Yes, I agree with that. And so, and this is, and this is why I I didn't. <laughs> Mind that now. I don't know if I'm ballsy enough on this broadcast to be able to take Michigan against Georgia here. I don't know. Mike is gonna have to talk me into it, maybe depending on what he picks. But Michigan, Georgia are very similar in a lot of ways. Um, but I think Michigan, their defensive line is playing so out of their mind right now, and their defense, I really think, is gonna have a plan for that tight end that Georgia has. I think he's a really good tight end, um, and I think that they're going to be able to stop the run. And quite frankly, I don't have any faith in Georgia's quarterback that he can beat you with his arm. They don't have – I know they have Pickens, I think, is their best wide receiver for Georgia. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think, though, that Georgia is going to be able just to throw all over you. They've never really done that. You know, They haven't played anybody all that spectacularly. You know, their defense is really what's got them there, right? Allowing mm-hmm. 17 points a game before that game is ridiculous. Um, where Michigan's offense, I think Michigan's okay in a slower pace game because yes. they run the ball so effectively, and they have now shown over the last couple weeks the ability for the big play. They have shown the fact that these receivers, as much as no one knows who the hell what number goes to which guy, yeah. guarantee you they're going to make some plays against this Georgia defense because yeah. if Georgia doesn't get home like we saw against Alabama yesterday – they were exposed a little bit on the back end, and they and you had some blown coverage. Now, do we have John Mechie on our team? No, we do not. Would Ronnie Bell be awesome in this game? Absolutely. But you know what you do have? You got a whole bunch of fast, speedy guys that break tackles, and they're all interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So you never know. It's, yeah. it's anybody's day on any specific night. Along with you have a three-headed monster back there. Donovan Edwards is getting more snaps. Hassan Haskins is death by paper cuts, and you know um, – that Blake Corum is literally a touchdown waiting to happen at any moment in time. Mm-hmm. I really think Michigan has a great chance against this Georgia team right now. They are playing out of their minds. This is the best I've ever seen a Jim Harbaugh coach football team in my lifetime since he's been at Michigan. I don't know yeah. how you feel about it. Talk to me. Tell me where you're feeling. Yeah, so I'm I'm leaning. They're going to have to run the edges, by the way. They're not yeah. going to be able to run up the middle against Georgia. Their two defensive tackles I was are too say, good. That, that's the problem. Too good. That's the problem I see is yeah. they love their their inside, inside zones, zones yeah. to Hassan Haskins, and that's going to get neutralized. Yeah, that like you're not going to be able to yeah. run inside. So that's where I see the problem is. I think they're going to try 
very early on to get that inside zone game I mean, going. Yeah, right. Maybe. And maybe they can. Yeah. I don't believe they'll be able to. You know what to. the funny thing is, though? Iowa pretty big snuffed that out for a good chunk of the game. Hassan Haskins did not have a phenomenal football game like yeah. he did against Ohio State. But what I will say they did is they transferred over and they really started going to the stretch run, right? Yeah. They, they really they put the tight end in and they let Corum and Haskins. And then at the end of it is when the offensive line, when you get in the red zone, is when I feel like Michigan's offensive line gets stronger. Yeah. And it's like... And now we're rolling. Yeah, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, but no, no, no. I, I think just, it's a good point to make. Yeah, no, I just I think that they, I think Michigan does do a good job of when one thing doesn't work, they yes. don't try to stick with it and they try other things to see what works. I think they realize early, okay, they went three and out because they tried an inside run and it just yep. wasn't okay. There. They stuck. So it. then, all right, so so then, let's, let's, all right, let's get yeah. let's get Blake Quorum out here and yep. uh, let's speed and space him a little bit. Yep. Then they score a touchdown. Yep. Okay, then we're gonna do a halfback toss yep. and then Don Edwards with that greatest. Throw I've ever seen Michigan ever Rose throw. A dot. And it goes up 14-3. Then yeah. Iowa was like, okay, now, they, now they're not going inside. Let's try to go outside. That's when Hassan Haskins took over a little bit and exactly. went back inside. So they're they're very good at okay, we're gonna we're we're gonna at the end of the day try to get inside. Yeah. But if it doesn't work, we have options elsewhere. And, and, and two with I love the thing about and I've I've said this from the beginning. Now I am going to continue to apologize to the Jim Harbaugh Michigan Wolverines because I had no faith in this football team, quite frankly, going into the season. And I think I think we both agree they've obviously surpassed expectations, right? I mean, considering that they won the Big Ten mm-hmm. <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, what I love about this offense, I love the the amount of pulls, right? Their offensive line is so athletic. They move so fast. I can't believe I'm talking myself into picking Michigan in this freaking football game. Um, it, their offensive line is just so athletic. They're so fast. They're constantly pulling tackles, guards. They pull the center, which is – I don't know if people understand. if it, Maybe the layman doesn't, but – Taking an offensive a center and saying, "Hey, I need you to make sure the snap is on point, and then also get off your fat ass and get on the edge and go seal the defensive end because we're coming right off your butt." That is insane. That is an extremely difficult job. I know they're Division One athletes, but that's ridiculous. It's hard. Um, from the Georgia side, what does Georgia need to do to beat this Michigan team right now? Michigan is playing phenomenal defense. They're preventing the big play. They're stopping the run. They're allowing to get third and longs. They've done it the last two weeks against two. Uh, Iowa's offense is not very good, but they stifled Ohio State's offense completely. Talk to me, Mike, about what you think that uh, Georgia needs to do in order to get this win over Michigan. Is it just run, give it the ball to Zamir White and – just hope that the defense holds them to 15, 17 points and they'll put up 25. Like, you know, like what is, what is the game plan? That's kind of, I think it's the same as like Michigan's game plan. Yeah. To an extent is, is slow. Like they're going to try to run the ball because they couldn't do it at all. Yeah. Run the ball. And I think they'll be able to run the ball a little bit, Mm -hmm. get Stetson, uh, Stetson Barrett to actually like get out of the pocket a little bit and throw a little bit because I think they were, they were getting stifled by Alabama not being able to get out and throw the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, they got to be able to throw the ball and defensively, like I said, you gotta, your D tackles are so important because you do have like the two, of the three best defensive tackles in college football is if you can just maintain thumb two to stop Hassan Haskins, then it opens up your linebackers to be able to come out and stop. Cause we just talked about how the quick, okay, then, then Blake Horn gets in the open field. Well, if your linebackers stopping that, then it's like, now you're stifled offensively in general, Mm -hmm. because now it's like, you have to force, you're going to force Cade McNamara to throw. throw, And that gets kind of iffy once in a while. Michigan can't throw the ball 40 times in this game. No. They will not win this football game if they if, no. if McNamara is thrown forty times. It's 
it's just not a reality of the situation. It's not. And guess what? I don't think Georgia wins this football game if, if they have to throw 40 times either. Like, that's the reality of it. I love Michigan's pass rush. I think that you've got the best pass rusher in the country right now, Nate Hutchinson. I, and I am fully, I'm going to say it right now, if he goes number one to Detroit in this year's draft, you're not going to hear me complaining. I'm just going to say it right now. I've made my decree right now. If anybody's asking me who I think the Lions should take, I think it should be Aiden Hutchinson. However, um, I yeah, I think the passing game is going to kind of be in short supply. I think also the big play, right? I think Michigan needs to hit the big play because I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain and, and just hang because Georgia's got phenomenal athletes. They have phenomenal offensive linemen. So it's just going to be – I think it's going to be really tough, and I think Mike McDonald's going to have to really draw up some blitzes to really set them back. If Michigan can implement the same game plan they've done last two weeks where you get teams in third and long, where you force teams to have to throw, and knowing you have the best pass rush in the country, it's going to be a long night for mm-hmm. Georgia. Um any concern for you at before I ask you predictions of this game? We already have Bama winning against Cincinnati. Um, is there any concern for you at all that Georgia, coming off a big loss, is now going to come in refocused, re-energized, a la Michigan losing to Michigan State earlier in the year? Are you concerned by that at all, or is the layoff enough where you go? Listen, at the end of the day, you got to be prepared. You got to show up. It is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm worried about the layoff. Um, yeah, I think when you're so hot. Uh, like I think if they play this game next week, yeah, I have Georgia, I have Michigan winning like ninety ninety percent to ten percent Georgia. Yeah. Like that's how confident I feel. Right. With the layoff, I'm a lot less on that. It's way more more closer to fifty fifty. Yeah, me because too. I think Georgia getting time to look at the Alabama game, seeing their first loss, and going, okay, this is what they did against us. This is how we can prevent it. Now let's move on to Michigan. What do they do? How do we can we stop that? Like I think right. they can come up with a really good game plan. Right. Where Michigan is just going on this hot streak, and now it's three weeks of cooling off yep. and like now you got to get gotta your maintain, game back baby. now you got to maintain but yeah. it's hard to maintain after three weeks yeah. because you watch like in the nfl it happens all the time when you're 15 and one and then you go okay so two you, weeks you, off. you, you yeah. sit your week 17 you get a first week by you get the wild card by that divisional round for the first like two quarters yeah you're like you don't look like the normal team. I'll, I'll liken it to the to detroit sports the tigers you sweep in the ALCS uh, both times you went to the World Series. You have a week off layoff, and you go get swept exactly. because you're, you're you weren't you're out the of one, it. The one time I thought the Cavs it. were actually going to beat a Warriors in a game yeah. was when the Cavs swept a team right before, and the yep. Warriors went to seven games against yep. OKC. Yep. And I was like, "Yo, this is the time when it's like yeah. you can win a game in this series." Yeah. And then and they came out flat, and then yeah. they ended up just beating you. Exactly. But it's these long layoffs that yep. a really good team goes flat. Yep. And I think Michigan's so hot, but they go flat in three weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna be very tough to overcome that. If they can overcome that, yeah. I think they have a really good shot at winning. But that's the part I'm most worried Two about. Two questions. Number one, coin toss. Um, Defer or do you want it? <laughs> Because I would have deferred yesterday too. See, that's funny. Kyle said he he would li- he liked to receive it. I was not. I was totally into defer because I feel like once it, it's similar to the Ohio State thing. For me, your defense is your strength. So you go in and impose your will first first drive. You take you take a three and out, or they get six yeah. and out, whatever, and you go down the field like, and score. Like I said, if this game was played next week, I would say receive. Yeah. Because you're so hot that if you go score right away, yeah. then you're forcing Georgia's hand. Yeah. But I think because you have a three week layoff, I yeah. think you probably want to play defense first yeah. to make sure you get that first stop. Yeah. So then it's like okay, even if my offense is kind of cold in the first couple of drive, yeah. At least I know what my defense. I want to get my defense like going you're, as fast you're in, as possible. Yeah, you're losing that like. So you're in a minus one deficit in terms of possessions. 
in the first half. Yes. But it's like at least I know what my defense is giving me. Like mm-hmm. it's like in overtime in the college football overtime. It's yeah. like you always want the defense to go first to see what the defense gives you, mm-hmm. so you know what you have to do. Right. If you that's the kind of game you're gonna want to play in the first half against Georgia. I I think this is gonna be a game of possessions. I think I don't think you're gonna see. I don't think you're gonna see a forty point game in this unless somebody blows each other out, which I really don't want. Regardless, I, I don't really, want. And I don't I, think it'll happen. Yeah. But. Um, I think Michigan has bigger big play ability, and I can't believe I'm saying that with a Josh Gaddis ran offense. But credit to Josh Gaddis; he's been calling phenomenal football games. Um, once again, big credit to them. You know, I've said it, and I'll say it again. I was wrong. I was 100 percent wrong about this Michigan team. Um, they've proven everybody wrong, quite frankly, from the get go. So. Um, so, Mike, now that all the, the talking is done, who you got? Um, Michigan's going to be the home team, technically, right? Because of the two seed, right? That's how it works. I know, because they, the so. they were the away team last week, of oh, yesterday, so, officially. I don't understand that. Why? So, so odd years. Yeah. Uh, the West is home. Oh, okay. That's all it that's is. That's literally oh, all it is. I thought it was, I was like, mm-hmm. I'm like, record, ranking. No, yeah. So conference they go, like, they, what? they go, they go east west. So next year, the east coming the out game. will be okay. the home team. Okay. no matter what, that makes sense. So okay. it, I got it's you. been like that since twenty. I did not know that. So. Twenty eleven since they started. The more, the more it, you know. So I actually didn't know that until they said. I think Joel Klatt said on. Did the he podcast, say it? Yeah. Okay, I was like more. I was probably on. bitching up a storm. I'm like, how the hell are we the away team? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's really just. Uh, but I do think being the like one four two three. I believe the two would be the home right because you're technically the. Yeah, uh, because you're the favorite. So actually, sure before we, before yeah. I give this yeah, yeah. out, so the Lions just I'll, officially came out. Okay, that's what so I asked. Like, has Vegas already released? Vegas, first? Vegas has released okay. odds. So what do you think Bama versus Cincinnati is at? What do you think Bama's favored by? Sixteen. Well, you're not going too crazy. It's eleven and a half. Oh, okay. It's not too crazy. Okay. Now I guess this one's more interesting. I think they're really. Yeah. Who is favored, Michigan or Georgia? Georgia. By how much? Three and a half. Okay, Georgia's favored by two. Oh, I, I was close, though. Close. I was close. You were very close. Yeah. But, yeah, so Georgia and Bama both get favorites over Michigan and Cincinnati. And, honestly, I don't necessarily think that's unjustified. No. In all Georgia's honesty. number one Georgia's number year. one team. They allow 17 points a game. You could honestly make the argument, just like Michigan, well, Michigan State was a fluke. You could say, well, Bama was a fluke game. You, yeah. you, could, you could. You could. I don't think it was, but I think you could. Yeah. Um, I, I think – honestly – I want it to be that way. I want Michigan to be the underdog in this game, and if they beat Georgia, I want them to be the underdog against Alabama because this team plays up. Mm-hmm. This team refuses to be that team. Like It would be the worst thing ever if Michigan was the one seed and they played Cincinnati and they're favored by 30 because yeah. now they're going to come in and they're going to blow it. That's just how this, this is how it works nowadays. I am much more happy that they are the, that they're the underdog. I think mm-hmm. this is going to be a close-ass game. Mm-hmm. Really close game, but anyway, back to the back original to the, thing. Yeah, back to the original. Who, got? who we got? Um, we already taken. We both took Bama. Yeah, I'm taking Bama. 100 to 50. I don't care. Uh, I'm if gonna, Cincinnati wins, I will come on the show and be like, Cincinnati, the best thing I've ever seen. Luke Fickle's a god. Whatever, yeah. whatever you yeah. want. Luke Fickle can literally go anywhere he wants. Yeah, he literally because, is like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna coach six schools, and no one's yeah. gonna complain yeah. about it. Uh, he may I'm go gonna, to the NFL even. I don't I'm know. gonna, I'm gonna take Georgia in this close. Um, I think Georgia will just find a way i think it's the inex like michigan's inexperience in the final four i think it's going to catch up to them yeah. like it's going to catch up to them eventually i don't think like the ohio state game was at home and yeah. so you had so much momentum there the big Ten title game i don't necessarily think is that big of a game yeah. necessarily like like especially when you're it's not like you played like 11 and 1 wisconsin team who's ranked number five where it was like a really close like yeah. you played iowa yeah. who's ranked like 16th at the they time ranked number two in the country at one, one point, point. 
Um, proceeded to be like, oh, wait, I, think, I, think, I think Georgia's, Georgia's been in this playoff a few times. They just played Alabama, which is like a, literally was a one, two, what felt yeah. like a one two matchup last week. It was like one three. Yeah. Um, so I take Georgia because I think they're just more experienced and Kirby Smart will find a way. Yeah. I'm trying not to be the homework guy. I'm trying to be objective. I I'm know. objectively I know. here. I am trying. And you know what's funny? It's last year I was not objective. I was like, Trevor Lawrence is going to lead you I know. all the way. <laughs> I'm the least objective one here, yeah. but I'm going to be the most objective one today. I am trying really hard, you know, and it, it, you know what's funny is I have been well, so I bet, down now, will on I this bet, team. Will I bet money on Michigan plus 225 to Probably. win this game? Probably, because yeah. if they do end up winning, yeah. then I just win money yeah. off of it, yeah. so it'll be a win-win. Um, but I do think Georgia at this God. moment wins. Yeah, I, I am – it is really difficult. This game is very tough. I would love for this been the national championship game because I feel like this could have been a game where you like it's a. I think it's a pick 'em. Quite frankly, I really do. Um, they do they do both things so similarly. Similarly, it's just like ugh. Oh God, do I actually take them? Do I actually take the Wolverines? Do I actually show faith in this freaking the, the, football the funny team thing for the is, first time all freaking season? I was season? like, there is no there is no penalty for taking Michigan here. Yeah. Like we don't like we don't make bets. We don't. You don't have to do something stupid. No, I know, but Unless I feel like I want to jinx them because I feel like if as soon as I because I've been down on them all year. Yeah. I'm like they're like, not going to be Michigan State. They're not going to beat Ohio State. I don't know why we're talking about this. I want to Josh Gaddis fired, and he's completely shut me up this entire time. Oh boy, God bless America. All right, fine, I'll do it. I'll take him. Goodness gracious, Ugh. taking Michigan. I guess. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just, it, for me, it's one of those things where it's like, I've been proven it's, wrong. It's I also mean, one of those things, like, ask me, like, we'll, we'll talk about the Saturday before yeah, the game or yeah. something, and maybe the opinions change depending on, like, yeah. what if there's news, if, somebody if gets news, hurt or yeah, anything so, like that. Yeah, yeah, something happens, or, like, I just, game plans come out. Or, like I just, this team, for whatever reason, they just feel different. They're so hot right now. They're playing, like, they're playing out of their minds right now. You know what I mean? They are. And I think Harbaugh has completely changed his approach the coaching staff is just like, listen, we just got to do what we do. I just – I don't know. I it, It's just one of those things. I If they lose to Georgia, I'm not going to be devastated. I, I mean, I'm going to be like, listen, <laughs> they're probably the best team in the country. Um, real quick, do you think Michigan should have been number one in this in this ranking? No. no? I've, no? I've, okay. well, since they just won, with the I'll, win, the way they won The way yesterday. they beat Georgia, I think they yeah. deserve to be one. Okay. So. That's fair. They're just asking that. All right. I can't believe we're actually going to have to do this. But let's shift focus here a little bit. So once again, guys, just as a reminder, so you've got Alabama versus Cincinnati in the Cotton Bowl, and you've got uh, Michigan versus Georgia in the Orange Bowl, right? I'm predicting the Michigan one will be the later one because it's in Miami. Let's hope. So like, I think it should. Like, time-wise, I think, like, um, it just works out. Because the games are 3.30 and 7.30. Yeah. will be, like, start right, time right. for the games. Yeah. So I think 7.30 and there will be 4.30. It gives them time to, you know – yeah, get ready for, for New sure. Year's real quick, Year's real Year's quick Year's before stuff, before so. um before we shift focus to, to wrestling real fast to kind of close out a, a pretty loaded show for us. Um, both scenarios, we both have Alabama. Alabama versus Georgia round two. Who wins? I know just just off the cuff. I, we'll talk about um, it. Obviously, we'll break down the matchup when we know I, it. But I'll, like, I'll t- I'll take I'll take Georgia to keep some okay some pick. Okay. Um, equity be equity 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 because yeah. I picked them all like yeah. to go all the way last week. Okay. Bama, Michigan. Who I'll wins? take Michigan. Okay. I don't think Alabama wins. Okay. No, I do think Bryce Young wins the Heisman, though. I do too. I think yesterday I think was his moment. If, if Hutchinson would have had like six sacks, I think you could have really tried. Or hard. if Alabama I think lost. he deserves. Yes. Or if they lost, I think Hutchinson deserves to go. I think it's him, Bryce Young, and probably like 
It'll be Matt Corral or, or uh, Kenneth Walker or um, uh, no, it's gonna be Stroud. Or yeah, CJ Stroud. My bad. Yeah, CJ Stroud will go. Yeah, yeah. I think Kenneth Walker should maybe be a finalist as well. He's had a phenomenal. Yeah, season. I think it's gonna be I like Aiden Hutchinson, Bryce Young, and name a third, and I think Bryce Young wins. Yeah, so. yeah. I think Bryce. I think yesterday was the day. I think as much as Hutchinson had his three sack day against Ohio State, which was huge, they really never want to give it to a defensive player. So <laughs> that's just the reality of it. Um, he didn't do anything this year. Like in a, as a whole, we didn't play like, offense. <laughs> That's yeah, really like, like Woodson. Even though Woodson was the greatest defensive player to ever play college football, he also played offense and special teams. Like yeah. he was our kick returner. Yeah, he, he played offense. He was the team. He yeah. was the best player in college football. Mm-hmm. And, and this year, I don't think you can say definitively Bryce Young is the best player. No. I don't think you can say in Hudson. I don't think there's a guy this year that has no. totally had that Tebow year where he's it, like, oh, it's the same thing Lord. with the with the NFL too. I 100 like agree with that. Not have an 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes, hard pass. No, Aaron Rodgers, pretty hard pass. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, Lamar, no, Great. Kyler Murray, I guess, but he's missed three games. That's yeah. tough. Bra- Stafford Brady. was there, clearly not anymore. Yeah, Brady's kind of sitting around there. But Brady never wins it either, yeah. so it's like, I don't know. Yeah, Cam Newton for two weeks. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, Cam Newton for sixty oh, minutes. I don't know. Good lord. Yeah, it's it's a little bit ridiculous. It'll be whoever's got the best record in one of the conferences. I'm sure the quarterback for that team. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's shift focus here a little bit. Um, let's let's end the show here. I guess on a, I, I can't even say on a high note, but we'll, we got to do it anyway. It was a All, right. Note. All right, let's talk. Let's talk Survivor Series real fast. Um, we didn't do it last week, but I feel like we need to do it. We'll talk NXT War Games next week. By the way, we didn't preview the show. There's only like four matches on it. I'm not looking forward to watching it, but it's a thing. Because it's not a single title match. Huh? There's not even a title match on it. I don't think. I think there's a cruiserweight. I think. Oh. The title, the the title, title that you're trying to get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> They don't care about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's no. Is there a tag title? There's a tag title match, too. It's O'Reilly and that big tall dude against Imperium. So O'Reilly is just like, oh, so just more tag team title runs, I guess. Question mark. Anyway. Who needs a world title run? Yeah. North American? No. Why would we do that? Anyway, Survivor Series happened. Um, You know, the whole show dynamic is tough for me because there's no real stakes. It doesn't really matter. It's champion versus champion. It's a fun. On paper, right? And it's one of those pay-per-views we can kind of watch and just go, okay. I feel like it was more fun, like, back in the day when, yeah. like, people actually never went over to other people's brands. Yeah. Yeah. But, it's... like, now that everyone just, like, is on every brand, it doesn't matter. I thought this mat, I thought this card had two matches on it that were really, really, really good. And then the rest of the show is hot garbage. Sure. I thought Charlotte and Becky opening the show was phenomenal. Yeah. I really, really, really enjoyed the match. I thought they did a nice finish too because to kind of keep everybody strong, knowing there's some volatility there already in real life between the two. Also, you see Charlotte and Andrade are no longer a thing, yeah. by the way, in yeah. wrestling couple news. Yeah, she, she broke up with them. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe it. And she's like, you still don't know how to speak English, huh? <laughs> God dang it. You just went to a table and now we're a flaming table. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Um, the 10-man tags, 10-women tags, fine. Shinsuke and Punishment Martinez, you got a non-finish for whatever reason, which I don't understand. On the pre-show of all things. No, we're not stupid. talking about it because it's on the pre-show. Yeah, great. It didn't um, the tag title match was fine. You know, it is kind of is what it is. The The other match, so Big E versus Roman, I really enjoyed this match, actually, um, in a lot of ways. I was surprised and happy that there wasn't any interference mm-hmm. in this. Um, mm-hmm. And I honestly thought that Roman made Big E look 
like he belonged in that match. I don't know how you felt about it. As we've all, it's very been recognized at this point. I am not the biggest Big E fan when it comes to being the WWE champion. Mm -hmm. Um, With that being said, I still think he should be WWE champion. However, I thought Roman made Big E look awesome in this match. I really do. And I think that is a testament to Roman and Big E. I thought they had a really, really phenomenal match. Give me... The rest of the show is blah. Those are the only two matches that are worth watching in any capacity, really. Thoughts on either one of those matches, really, before we get to AEW real fast? No, I, I, the women's one was fine because yeah. I, I really like, enjoyed. The women's I like match. like the knowing that the behind the scenes thing. Yeah. I think the more interesting thing that came out of Survivor Series mm-hmm. was this day one show. Yeah, and why they're doing Lesnar Roman at day one instead of at like the Rumble or something. Yeah. I think that's kind of weird. Yeah, I it's it's one of those things, and, and it's. I don't know why. The problem is, it's like, so you're gonna have a title change on day one. You're really gonna have Brock beat Roman. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, and you, like, why not? Like, you could do it at the Rumble, which is like a bigger event. Yeah. If you're gonna do it anywhere, yeah. I thought the next one would be at Mania. I thought you could build Lesnar up to Mania I and do so it at too. Mania. But, but now did, it's just gonna be at yeah. day one. Like, I feel like it's very rushed if it does happen. I don't. Oh god, I really don't want him to win either. That'd be terrible. That yeah. would be terrible. I just, I feel like it would just undo something because Brock. As much as they're trying to make him a baby face, he's not. He's not a baby face. People cheer him because he's Brock Lesnar because it's like, oh, cool, Brock's back. It's yeah. not because, you know what I mean? I just, once again, you're not going to find anybody right now in the industry right now that is hotter, that is doing better work than Roman Reigns. I will argue it. There is nobody in the world, not Hangman. Kenny's out. He's gone. It was Kenny for me. Yeah, I, yeah, Kenny for you. It still wasn't for me. I thought Kenny was a 1B in the 1A, 1B category. But for me, I don't see anybody from character, from in-ring, that is doing better work right now than Roman Reigns. So until you can find somebody that is hot enough mm-hmm. to take the title off of him on a big enough stage, there is no reason to take the title off. I don't care what anybody says. Being boring or not, don't care. You've got to do it right at this point. Um, all right. Let's shift focus here a little bit, though to uh aw here first off thoughts on the flaming table spot didn't think it was needed thought it was cool though yeah, also was, was scary funny. as hell i just thought it was funny that like just it, randomly it, like it happens yeah and there, there's so many memes out there that it's like cody's like set up burning table and she's like you're gonna put andrade through it and right? he's like right, right? And he's put like, Andrade through it, right? Yeah. And he's like, nah, I'm myself through it, basically. I thought it was so, I thought it was so cool, but um, yeah, I, it doesn't like. It is what it, uh, it was part of the match. It was yeah. kind of a cool thing to have. Oh yeah, it was TV. cool. Yeah, it just could be on their highlight reels forever, forever. Yeah, with him like jumping, doing the also imagine, cage, but just imagine being one of those two guys. Like, are you ready? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be really. Andrade's hot. like, I'm gonna get flipped over and I'm gonna go face first into this. Meanwhile, Cody's like, I don't know when it's coming, but it's gonna be terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah. A little scary. Cody got pretty burnt up on that too. I haven't seen what Andrade looks like, but yeah. Anyway, um. Other other point of contention I have, um. Adam Page, Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, Brian Danielson. I gotta get back to saying his real Come name on. again. I know Come I on. suck. God dang it. World title. When what is it? What is the t- show called? When winter freezes over or hell freezes <laughs> winter over? Is I don't coming. know. Winter is coming. Whatever the hell. It's a week called. from Wednesday. Yeah, for the world title, Hangman's first title defense. Now Daniel Bryan has been doing some phenomenal heel work in a very short order, going through the dark order like they're doing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think it's fantastic. I do not agree at all that this match should be on free television, and I don't agree 
at all that this should be Hangman's very first title defense. As we've talked about before, you could have held, you could have waited and just had Hangman defend the title against other people, right? You could have had him be, you know, face, you know, Kenny did it, Moxley did it, other people have done it, where he just, you know, you defend the title against a Miro or a, a somebody else, right? Get get a win or two under your belt, and then this Brian match happen. Mm-hmm. I don't, I know you're not as opposed to it as I am, but I just think it's a wasted opportunity to make a big to get a big number for your pay-per-view, like to make a revolution, like, oh, that's a hell of a main event is Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page for the world title rather than uh, we're going to blow the wad on free TV to pop a rating. I just, because rating is not going to pop. It's not going to do what they want it to do. It's just not. So it's like, it, it doesn't, you know, WWE doesn't do the same thing, right? Oh, we're going to put Big E versus Lashley in a steel cage. Okay. Well, you had a two instead of a one nine. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? So like, I'm not in the business at this point of time of popping a rating. I just think it's a bit too soon, and I would like to let it marinate a little bit longer to kind of really establish both Brian as a full-on keel, you know what I mean, and really because I, I want it to build, right? I want to feel that build of like, oh, man, I cannot wait for this match because it's like you feel the tension rather than, okay, Brian's been healed for three weeks. No. You know what I mean? And I feel like we're kind of hot-shutting it just a little bit. Listen, I am – The match is going to be great. Yeah, I am in the camp now. Where I go, I, I don't even like fantasy booking AEW anymore to the point where I just go, I'm just going to like let it roll and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I think they could, they probably have something up their sleeve that no one's even thought about. I just yet. don't think it's going to be a clean finish. Yeah. It might, yeah. it might not be, but that's, or yeah. it might go to a time limit draw like they did against yeah. Numb Nuts and but, Brian Danielson yeah. and Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. They might do a time limit draw. They, they have like so many avenues. They might have a Dark Order guy get involved and do something, something or whatever. Dark Order leads. turns heel on them all. Yeah, maybe That'd be or awesome. something. I'd be totally. Yeah, maybe that. Daniel Bryan's a new leader. Like, but then leader. you take the title off of Hangman already. No, you just you just no. like, they just interfere and then he because I don't think you should take the title off him already. That's my really. point though. That's what I'm saying though is that I think you can have a bad finish, but like it, like yeah. he doesn't lose. No, I know that, but what I'm saying is that at this point, right, that nobody objectively can be like, oh yeah, Hangman's gonna win this match. There's no way. There's no way you could say that right now. There's no way. So. I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I don't because because you haven't. It's if you're going with the wrestling logic, right? Which is it's easier to get there than it is to stay there, mm-hmm. right? He's never been champion and defended the title successfully yet. So because of that, you're going against the best wrestler in the world, proverbially. That is a really tough task on your first title. If you'd have beaten Kenny in a rematch, if you would have beaten, that's what I'm saying. I just think that they could have made him look. Like, oh, like, yeah, Brian hasn't lost, but uh, Hangman hasn't lost in, like, two years mm-hmm. type of you – know, you know what I mean? I just think that they could have made Hangman a bigger – like, bigger. I know it's hard to say that because he's the world champion. I but saying, like, I don't think he can get any more hot yeah. than he is right now. So. I, just, I just think that they could have – but I'm saying as the world champion, not as the underdog – Guy, you're the world champion now. I think, I think, I think Brian Danielson is the only guy who is the underdog to Hangman at this point. 
is an underdog to Hangman? Really? No, 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 no. no, no, no the way Hangman, oh, Hangman, Hangman is, is the underdog, underdog too. To okay, I'm sorry, I misunderstood. Yeah, yeah you're right, yeah. you're right. Okay, because I, I think I think they're trying to still build the story of yes, he yeah. has the, he he just won the title, right. but no one still believes in him. Right. Kind of like Big E in an extent where like, no one really yeah. believes in him in anything. So I think having Daniel Bryan be the first guy mm-hmm. to challenge for it, it's like no one, like you said, no one thinks he's gonna do it. Yeah. But when he does do it, it's a big deal that he gets over the hump. And now when you go into guys like Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. And you go into CM Punk or whoever right. down the line you want to MJF, whoever right. you want to get to. Now yep. it's like, okay, now maybe Hangman's finally favored yeah. in this match. And the second you be like, I think Hangman's going to win this and match, I'm confident. That's when he drops it. Yeah. I and just, everyone, it know, just breaks everyone's I mind. just don't want them to, I, you know, because I do think that they need to give him a run with it, right? Yeah, and I and, 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 but, but I think the I think the issue with that is, is that, okay, so now. So if Hangman wins and beats Brian, where does Brian go? He's a heel. He turned heel on purpose just to get just for this thing. But where? But now he can go into tags. Yeah, he can go into I, I TNT just, stuff. I just think it he just, might just go to Japan or some shit. I yeah, don't know. I just, just think it's a, I think it's a waste of a resource to just then be like, okay, we're done with you and just throw him away. He's not. It's when you sign guys like this, you can't just have him show up, lose, and then now they're just going to be in the mid card. It does. You can't do it. It's I don't think he'll be in the you know mid. I mean? I mean, I mean, they could you probably I mean? they could build him back up to be in the right main event. I, I, guess I just I think thing. I just don't understand why you needed to do it right now. I guess is my only thing. I, I mean, you know I what I mean? I don't think there's a reason. Yeah. I think I think I, I that's why I think Miro should have beaten Brian earlier for it because I think Miro will be a better first. Challenge yeah. for Hangman than Brian would have been, but yeah. because you had Brian win, right now I think actually, 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 I think Moxley was supposed to win the tournament. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. And then Moxley, Moxley turning heel would have been great. Well, because Moxley is a heel, but yeah. then you could have Hangman beat Moxley and doesn't kill Moxley at Correct. all. Now you're in that conundrum with Brian. Yeah. But I think it wasn't supposed to be like that. Yeah, I think also I just I love what Brian's doing from a heel perspective. Where I'm almost kind of like I don't want him to win just because like I just I like I'm enjoying I'm, too, I'm enjoying but, the the thing right yeah. and two. When you when you you know AEW kind of prides themselves on having like okay we're gonna give you a finish you know what I mean yeah. so like I don't want them to all of a sudden to WWE it in the best way possible be like oh we're gonna kick this game down the road no, I, I, think, I think they you know what I, mean? I think I think Heyman's just gonna win win but yeah that yeah see, I just I, it just bums me I think part of my uh, my uh, initial rejection of this is because. I but I like both guys and I want I want both guys to kind of stay where they're I, at. I see. I you know. know what I, mean? I know what your point is. Yeah. Is like you're like you love. Yeah. What he's doing. I love what and Brian's so, doing, and yeah. I love the fact that they're rolling with Hangman, and I want to keep building because I feel like this match could yeah. main event any time. So I just yeah. I you know what I mean. I just don't want to blow the wad now when I feel like it's similar to like when we felt like when we went to that Revolution show when they when they you know were about to turn on each other right. And you were like, oh, yes, yes. Like, we are so ready for this. But we weren't ready for it yet, right? We yeah. needed that time. I feel like this is not a two-year build, clearly. But give it a month. Give it two months. Where Brian is just calling him out, calling him out, calling him out, calling him out. And it's just like every person he beats, he's picturing his hangman. And then hangman, they finally had that big scuffle right before the show, right? And then it's at Revolution. You're like, I, and, and, you know, and while... Brian's killing people from the Dark Order and all of Hangman's friends. Hangman is just out there and is just going. I like. I picture Hangman's first run with the title as a the first time. I wish, or at least, this is how I would have liked them to book it a little bit. Is how Bret Hart was world champion his first time in '92, where Bret Hart when he won the title in '92 from Flair. You know what he did? Every single one of his matches was basically for the world title. He defeated against Papa Shango. Doink. Didn't matter. Right. It was just. Because the the logic was we're gonna make him 
the hardest working world champion we've ever had, right? So in that similar vein where Hangman's just coming out here and just kicking everyone's ass, mm-hmm. you know, he's got 15 title defenses under his belt in a month and a half, and then all of a sudden, you know, Brian is on the other side of the, of the, of the world, basically, yeah. just killing people, and you have this Titanic class. I just feel like it could be so big, I think is really my, is my, is my problem because I am enjoying what both men are doing because Hangman is so hot. Brian is really finding a groove here as a heel. I'm just really digging it, I guess, mm. is my thing. So I like to delay it knowing that the end result, I think, could just be like, oh. Because yeah. like when you saw Hangman and, and, and uh, Kenny by the end of it, you were like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want that yeah. You know, for this. So that, that's really my only complaint about it. Still going to watch it, obviously, but. Yeah, I don't think I think their digress. their next plan is like a Adam Cole slash MGF beat him. Yeah. So I, don't really think I think Daniel MGF Bryan's... is waiting. I think MGF is going to work with Punk at, at Revolution. No, I do too. Yeah. But I think like that's like oh, yeah, yeah, like I'm talking like if he lo- like when he loses at double nothing all out. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think Cole or MGF take the title off of him. So I think this is just the first roadblock. Real quick thoughts on that though, because a lot of internet people are going crazy because they're like, man, Cole ain't doing jack squat on AEW television right now. I didn't necessarily think that was fair. He's been there for like six days. <laughs> like yeah, I, no, I, mean, I I was like, man, we're really like, yeah, well, you have to think like it took how long did it take Cole to? That's I guess saying. he won the North American. Yeah, but title, it but took like, a while though. He lost just, to Alistair Black clean. Yeah. He lost to a couple he, other people. It was like nine months he, yeah. in NXT, before and then he won, he won the something. title. Yeah, like I would expect maybe soonish. Yeah, he wins the TNT title or yeah. something. Maybe yeah. he takes it off Sammy or something. But like you can't, you can't complain about WWE hot shotting things, and then when they try to let something marinate and develop, you can't yeah. then be pit. Well, he's not the number one guy. Like. Can you give it a minute? Yeah, just he, a minute. I was like, he literally just, just took over the elite. Yeah. He's like, been there literally elite. three months. Yeah. He <laughs> debuted at All Out. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was just, well, because I'm reading all this backlash. People are like, oh, he was so much better than NXT. I'm like, because you're remembering him as NXT champion because he had the year long run. I go, but he was NXT North American champion for three months. He had three successful title defenses and lost it on his first takeover. Like, yeah. he didn't, like, it took time to get yeah. there. It's not exactly. like Adam Cole ran Ring of Honor immediately. It took a minute. He had yeah. to win the TV title. He had to yeah, go exactly. through shit. And like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets yeah. a tag partner, maybe wins a tag title soon, or if he does a Yeah, TNT well, they, they do the six-man. If, if the Bucks and them go do the six-man tag titles at some yeah. point. And, and they debut those in January, yeah. like by revolution time, right. there'll be six-man chance for I just, I, you know, I am, I've always been very critical of some of AEW stuff, just like I am WWE shit. Like, I, but at the same time, it, you can't complain about one company doing something and then when the other company is doing the complete opposite of that and then also bitch that they're not doing things fast like you yeah. can't you can't do both so yeah. you either have to be like listen you have to either be like okay let's see where it goes before we criticize where or, uh, that's that's my yeah problem. like like you know like for me i'm criticizing the fact that i think they could have just waited for the match not that the match is happening yeah. but i just want it to be longer because i think it can be bigger right but i'm giving i know it's still going to be a phenomenal match in Cole's perspective, I want to be world champion right now, but that's just because I'm the biggest Adam Cole fan out there. But at the same time, it's not reasonable, and it's not logical to do it like that. So I think people need to slow the roll just a little bit on that. Like, mm-hmm. come on, man. Like, give her just a second. Um, also, real fast, as we kind of roll up here, you know, Ring of Honor's kind of wrapping up their stuff. Anybody you foresee coming to either WWE or um, or AEW from the Ring of Honor roster, like um, Briscoes, Taven, Mike Bennett, I, Dalton Castle, I, any of those guys, any of those bigger name stars from Ring of Honor if, that you're like, if Ooh, I, maybe. If, if I gave you like one guy to WWE, probably like Dalton Castle because I think he talks well and mm-hmm. yeah. he's very entertaining yeah. in that sense. I think Matt Taven could go um, too. I think he's, I think Matt I think Taven could go. I think he would like 
the AEW style more. Though. I agree. I would agree with you. Um, yeah, I would agree with you. On but that. I think I think a lot of those guys like their independent yeah. stuff. And then if yeah. AEW is like, hey, Matt Taven and um, yeah, Mike Bennett, Mike Bennett, yeah. you want to come over for a tag match once in a while? Like, yeah, they're doing something with yeah. the NWA right now. Exactly. Like yeah. Briscoe, if the Briscoes want to come in for a couple things, and the Briscoes like, are the ones that I could definitely see going to AEW. They won't go to WWE. Their promo style is too chaotic for that. But yeah. I think they definitely could go to. They AEW. could have a really fun feud with like. Well, yeah, uh, just, to prowl for well, you or, just, or Jungle Boy and just anybody. You just go Bucks Briscoes again. Yeah, here you go. You, you know what I mean. So I just wanted to kind of get your take because yeah, we're, no, we're I think like Dalton, I think Don Castle's like the one guy who could go to WWE. Maybe I think Bandito's another guy too to look out for who's going to really kind of start taking the rounds on the independent scene. The world, yeah. the world, their world champion right now. He's he's really fantastic. Um, yeah. All right, that's going to be it though for this week's show, guys. So on, once again, the big news of the day: Alabama, Cincinnati, one versus four, Cotton Bowl. We're going to assume it's at 3.30 on New Year's Day. It's on New Year's Day, right? Not New Year's Eve? No, it's New Year's Eve. New Year's, New Year's Eve. Thank you. 12.31. Um, And then we've got Michigan, Georgia, Orange Bowl. Should be the late game, so we're going to say it's the late game. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's the late game because they're both going to – like both start times would technically yep. be like 4 o'clock, so it would be like very even. So congratulations to Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan Wolverines, Big Ten champs. All you have to do is score a point, and you'll just be the second team ever to score a point in the college football playoff because – from the Big Ten side. From the Big Ten. Um, for reasons. <laughs> because one team couldn't could score a single point against Alabama a couple years ago. We'll talk about some of that next week, too, because I got some bones to pick with some certain fan bases here because I think it's a little bit ridiculous. But regardless, congratulations to Jim Harbaugh, Michigan Wolverines, your Big Ten champs, right where you belong in the Final Four, where we should have been all this time. Probably, maybe. Probably I don't know. Not. Anyway, once again, guys. On behalf of the whale man, he's the Merc Zone on the mouth of Michigan Ramadaika. We appreciate you guys all so much for being with us for the first three years of this show. We hope to continue to earn your trust, continue to earn your listen, your listening ears. We hope that you continue to support the show and continue uh, to enjoy the show and what we're putting out there. So we really appreciate it. So thank you very much for the first three years of the show. We hope to continue to grow it. Uh, but that's going to be it. Once again, on behalf of the team and myself, we will see you guys as always next time.